It really is a great honor to be able to assemble in the name of God and certainly our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and to do so with a specific desire of our hearts to worship Him in truth and in spirit. And as I stand before you this morning, I realize as we've gathered for that purpose, it's truly an opportunity to not only glorify His name in the way that He would have us to do it, but of course there's a benefit to you and me. It helps us prepare our minds to live in the way we should and to live in a way that would not only be in the best interest for us here, but certainly the best interest for eternity. The lesson this morning may be a little on the unique side, at least in some regards. I heard a lesson delivered uh, some, well, quite some time ago and thought that I'd try to take that one and make of it my particular presentation of it. That's my attempt this morning. I've entitled it, Answers from Jesus. You may have noticed a moment ago from the text that Brother Joe read that Many times that there were those of his own day who came to Jesus and asked him some questions, and they were amazed at his answers. In fact, they were left many times speechless. They were astounded and astonished by what he said. You and I often, I suppose, find ourselves in that circumstance, and hopefully this lesson today will take all of us back in the imagination of our mind to an opportunity that may have been vouchsafed to you and me. Would you consider the following? We'll begin the lesson with these observations. Isn't it true that we frequently encounter circumstances in life in which a question and answer session takes place? Now often this is true in the sports world. After a particular game, then after that you notice that there's a press conference and maybe the coach or maybe a particularly important player in the game then faces a whole panel of journalists and others and they ask questions. And of course they expect him or her to answer those questions and then they use them to write newspaper articles or other things that are presented to all of us. But of course that same kind of thing happens in many other avenues of life as well. Perhaps you and I can consider sometimes students very much like question and answer sessions. As a physics exam approaches, sometimes students want to have a session in which they just ask questions and see the instructor work problems so that they can better prepare themselves, hopefully, for the kind of questions they'll see on the coming exam. Question and answer sessions. Suppose you and I had the opportunity with Jesus standing before us and one by one to ask Him questions. Wouldn't that be a thrilling consideration? Can you imagine a particular room in which perhaps dozens, if not hundreds of people are gathered and Jesus is there to answer whatever individual questions that they might want answered? Why don't you and I try to do that this morning with several opportunities and several questions? Question number one. As you imagine a circumstance in which, again, this scenario perhaps plays out, a kind gentleman raises his hand. Jesus acknowledges him, and the gentleman proceeds to say something like this, Lord, I love you so very much, and I want to do nothing except what you would tell me to do, and to do that which is pleasing and certainly so in your sight always. I know how important it is to take care of my wife and my children. I understand how vitally significant that is, and even your word teaches this. Jesus, recently I've been blessed greatly. As I have invested the effort and work toward that goal, I was promoted. 
And as such, I now have the opportunity, in fact, to work a great deal of the time. And sadly so, I don't get to spend the time with my wife and children that I I know I should. But I am taking care of their physical needs. And as such, I and my wife am laying aside for those children in ways they'll never have to want for anything. And Jesus, I, I just want to pass this by you and ask your perception of it, your perspective on this, on this particular approach, this direction I'm taking in life. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust hath corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust hath corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Next question. Question number two is this one. You can well appreciate that a kind lady, she raises her hand and gains the Lord's attention, and he then asks, how may I help you? And she begins to make statements like these. Lord, I too am so thrilled with the message of the gospel. And more than anything else, I want to do what's right and pleasing in your sight. I love the Bible. I love to know what it teaches. And I'm so honored to be here today in your presence so that I can hear the sweet words that you are going to share with all of us who I ask. Jesus, I have a particular concern in in my mind, and I just want to know your feelings about it. I've never been married. About six months ago, I came to know... A fine man. He and I get along wonderfully. We have the same perspectives in so many ways. We can talk for hours. We really do get along so wonderfully well. The thing is, he's divorced. Now, Lord, I understand what the Bible teaches about this, and that's why I just want to make sure of it. Again, I've never been married. He's divorced, but when I've asked... The cause for the divorce was not fornication. He just couldn't get along with her for some reason. She couldn't get along with him. And God, I know that you want me to be happy more than anything else. So I just want to ask on this occasion, what would you have to say about this? Because I have a feeling our relationship is getting so strong that he may pop the question soon. I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife except it be for fornication, and marrieth another, committeth adultery. And whoso that marrieth her which is put away, doth commit adultery. Next question. At this point, as we proceed to see this question and answer session develop, you notice that a third question now comes before the Master. A gentleman, again in the audience, with great expression of feeling in his heart, says to Jesus how honored he feels that he is able to ask these kinds of questions and that how fortunate he feels to be able to directly consult Jesus, the Son of God, in regard to these things. This man, as he rises, then he makes this particular statement, as you can see on the slide. He says, Lord... It is such a delightful blessing to be here, but I would really like to know your perspective on something. I'd like to know the truth of heaven on this very vital 
point. And I know I'm not the only person who has these kinds of thoughts. Jesus, you know how hard it can be sometimes to live as a Christian. You know the challenges we face. The world just doesn't see things the way we do. I want to do more than anything else what pleases you. And so I'd like to ask your thoughts on this particular matter. The question is this one. Given the hardness of what's required to serve you, and there are so many in the world who seemingly don't care anything about serving God, they have no interest in the church at all, they seemingly have no consideration at all to the Bible as, as your word, I would just like to know something. Isn't it just truly a reasonable thing to appreciate as long as a person has a certain belief in you, won't that be okay? Won't that be enough? Because after all, that means I don't live like the other people out there. Won't that be a good enough thing? I just now want to be quiet and listen, Jesus, to what you have to say. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Next question. As these questions continue to be asked of Jesus, you can see a delight that's often in the eyes of those who are present. Question number four brings us to this one. A man proceeds to say the following things. He says, Jesus, one more time, I know the others have expressed it, but I too feel so honored to be present, and I'm thankful for this opportunity that I have to ask this question of you. I appreciate so much the gospel. It literally can transform lives, and I'm honored to be a faithful servant of yours. But I do have one concern. The place where I work is a place where people tend not to think too much about the gospel. Oftentimes, the fellows will gather in the conference room or they'll gather at the water fountain. And as they kind of talk about things, they often talk about things that aren't good. They kind of talk ugly. They kind of speak often in ways even about our co-workers that quite frankly are very demeaning. And I want you to know, Jesus, I never participate. I have never said one thing along the lines of what they have. But I have to say, I do kind of enjoy listening. I like to be there because I find it kind of funny. Now again, I never participate. But sometimes, especially the things they say about some of the ladies who work there, I kind of find that funny. And I just want to know your feeling. Is this okay? And so now again, I would just like to be quiet and hear what you have to say, Jesus. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Next question. As these questions are asked of our Savior, we come to question five. You can again imagine as the scene develops this time, a young man asks Jesus, and you can see he's a rather youthful youngster, and he raises his hand, and with a degree of excitement, he says, Jesus, I'm a senior, and I too am honored to be present on an occasion like this one. I'm soon to graduate, and next fall, I'm going off to the university. I'm rather looking forward to that because there's so much potential and promise there, and I'm looking forward to the education that I'll receive. 
But I do know that that will bring a whole new set of environments to life. I've never been away from home quite like that. And I know that there are going to be a various and sundry things that I'll never have experienced before. And I want to know what advice you might give me. How will you help me, at least in this opportunity, to make the best of my college education? And now, please, I would just like to know what you have to say. Jesus tenderly looks at him and says, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Next question. Question number six. A lady over to his right raises her hand, and it seems as though with a degree of aggressiveness. She says, I have heard with some interest these previous questions and also your answers. And Lord, I'm so honored and I'm so excited at the way in which you always speak the truth and you always say what the right thing is from the perspective of heaven. There's a question that has bothered me for a long time, she says. And I'd like your thoughts. I'll never have perhaps another opportunity like this, and I want to know what you have to say. And so she begins to make the following statement. Jesus, there's a lot of good people in this world. And I'm honored to be a Christian, and I'm thankful for the gospel message and the way of life that it presents. But I would just like this opportunity. I have three particularly close friends. One of them is a Baptist. Another one is the finest member of the Christian church I have ever seen. Thirdly, there's an individual. I have the opportunity. This lady's actually a kin of mine. She's a member of the Methodist church. Jesus, they're great people. And I love them dearly. They would do anything for me, and I would do anything for them. They're generous. They're kind. They always try to help those around them. They've never hurt anybody. And I'd like to know something. I'm a member of the Church of Christ, of course, and they're not. But they're okay, aren't they? Aren't they okay? And I'd like to just hear what you have to say about that. Jesus tenderly looks at her and says, Every plant which my heavenly Father planteth not shall be rooted up. Next question. One by one, as the Lord is answering all of the questions that they ask of Him, question seven is this one. You can well tell at this point that the audience is becoming rather amazed, just like that text in Luke twenty twenty six. That amazement brings two young boys. They're sitting near the back, as perhaps might have been expected. They both stand up. One of them begins to speak first, and he says, Jesus, as you can tell probably by my appearance, I'm just a teenager, but I again feel blessed to be able to be present here, and I would like to use this as a chance to speak to you and to ask something of you. You know I'm a young man, and I have lots of thoughts that cross my mind, and I'd like you to know there's a girl at school. She is pretty. Oh, she's pretty. She's got red hair and she has just a beautiful presentation and perception. And sometimes in the locker room, the boys talk.
talk about her and talk about other girls in ways that, quite frankly, I know aren't right. I never participate in that. But sometimes the things that those fellows say, they kind of make me think about things, especially of that red-haired girl, because she's so pretty. And I fantasize about her. The boy that had stood up with him quickly says, I too echo that same sentiment because there's a blonde-haired girl in the class just below us, and wow, I, I just love her. I hope to get the courage to ask her out sometime, and Jesus, I'm telling you, I too can't help but fantasize about her. They're so lovely and pretty, and we're just young boys, and isn't it okay that we have these thoughts and feelings? It is all right, isn't it? And Jesus says this, Whoso looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Next question. As you look at this one, an elderly gentleman stands up. He's a member of the church. And this gentleman, as he addresses Jesus, he rather quickly says, I am so thankful. I have spent a lifetime wishing for an opportunity like this to see you, Jesus, face to face and to ask a question. I'm here and I would like very kindly and meekly to ask this question of you. I've been a member of the Church of Christ for so long. I love the Bible. I love whatever you say and it's my intent to do it. But I have a question. I have a concern. A number of years ago, a member of the same church, he and I were in this particular situation. You see, I had a truck for sale. It was a rather old beat-up farm truck, and I really didn't think I needed it anymore. And he had expressed some interest at some point in buying something like it, and I offered to sell it to him, and we agreed, and he purchased it from me. Just a couple of months after he bought it, it began to have a whole host of issues and problems, and he's under the impression that when I sold it to him, I wasn't honest with him. Now, quite frankly, we've grown apart in the, in the years since. We haven't spoken to each other, and I couldn't tell you when. But, Lord, I didn't do anything wrong, really. Now, maybe there were some things about that arrangement that I never fully told him everything about the truck, but that's just a part of doing business, isn't it? I mean, there wasn't anything wrong with that, right? My point is, Jesus, I'd like to know I really do want to fix things up with him. We are brothers of the same congregation, of course, and there really shouldn't be this tension between us. I want to do what's right, and I just want to hear what you have to say. If you come to the altar and realize your brother hath thought against you, leave thy gift and first go and be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Next question. At this point, as the Lord continues to answer these questions, a lady rather aggressively raises her hand. She too would like to ask a question of the Master. She proceeds to make the following set of statements. Jesus... You just don't know how excited I am to be here. There's no way that you can appreciate the fullness of how special I feel to be able to ask you these questions. 
I have heard with intrigue all of these others that have been asking. I'm so thankful for your answers. I too, though, have a question. And here's my question, Jesus, and I'd be so honored if you would answer it. You see, at work, there's another lady, and she's been working there about as long as I have. And we too have, of course, come to occupy a rather important place. But there came some years ago to be a very strong division between us. In fact, so much so that really we don't have much to do with each other anymore. Now, I do miss her friendship. And what was done, really I can't say was wrong on either one of our parts. It's just a development on the way the company chose to go. But right now, here is the question I'd like to ask of you. I feel like we could easily be made friends again, but I just cannot admit to her that I had any part in the mistake. I just feel like the pride in me won't let me do that, and so I haven't. Now, is that wrong on my part? I mean, after all, she was as much at fault as I was. Whatever it was, isn't it okay the way it is? I'd like to be quiet now and just hear what you have to say. Verily I say unto you, except ye become as little children, ye shall in no wise enter the kingdom of heaven. Next question. At this point, another person, rather excitedly, comments to this effect. Jesus, this opportunity is remarkable. I know hundreds of people that would love to be here where I am, and so I'm thankful that I was invited to this press conference, to this question and answer session. And so this gentleman begins to say, I have Scientific American and National Geographic and other magazines, and I enjoy reading these. And not only that, I had the privilege of attending the university, and I studied about science, and I learned a number of things about the origin of the human family. Now, when I read the Bible, and I do remember many things about it, but I remember they don't always seem to agree, but I, I just want to ask you this particular question. Jesus, I realize that surely it's the case that those records in the Bible, they are meant to teach us vital and wonderful principles. Really, it wasn't meant to be taken literally. I, I believe you'd agree with that, wouldn't you? And so... I find it rather thrilling to think about a common ancestry to all of the human family. Human beings and all kinds of animals developed from some long-distant prehistoric ancestor. And as that be true, I don't see that that poses any problem whatsoever. I can read the Bible, I can study about you, and I can attend church services. I can do everything that you would expect of me. And my belief on evolution really doesn't have anything to do with that. Isn't that a reasonable approach? And I would just like to know what you would think and what you would say about that. But from the beginning, God made them male and female. Next question. As we turn the slide and begin to continue to listen to these questions that individuals have asked of Jesus, let's come to question 11. You notice again a woman, this time at his far left, captures his attention and the Lord acknowledges her. And she again praises him for the directness of his answers and for the exquisite blessing that is his presence. And she proceeds then to ask this question. Question 
Jesus, I've read the Bible many times, and I look forward always to having discussions with people about it. And there are so many people, and as I've studied the history of religion and things like that, there's been a lot of honest and earnest people, a lot of people who, quite frankly, know a lot more about the Bible than I do. And yet, they say you don't have to be baptized. In fact, just the other night, I was watching on the television, and this gentleman, he had tears streaming down the faces of a lot of the people in the audience. He was so good, and he spoke so clearly. He used some Bible verses, and he didn't say anything about being baptized. Now, all those people that were in that audience, they believed what he said, and I have a lot of friends who also don't really believe that you have to do anything except say a prayer or perhaps attend a service every now and then. And I would just like to know your heartfelt answer. What about being right in your sight? What does it take to be saved? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Next question. As we come to question 12, we now appreciate that another man, this time sitting very near the front, he in fact had come early. He had stood in line for hours to make sure he got a fine seat. And as he did so, he made his way to the very front so he would have a perfect view and opportunity not only to see, but to hear what Jesus had to say. After these other questions... Finally, this gentleman rises because he considers it so vitally important. He does so, and he says, Jesus, this is an honor surpassing all others for me. I really am thankful for the opportunity to ask you a question because I really want to know more than anything what heaven's will is on this point. And so he begins to make a statement like these at the bottom. He says, I have looked into the Bible. My parents took me to Bible school and to worship services from the earliest times I can remember. I love your word. And that thrills me to hear what you have to say. That book, though, that book called the Bible, it is a fantastic book. When contained in it, surely are those general principles needed for life. And I say that for the following reason. There are a lot of people, again, who are much wiser and who see things very differently than I, and they worship in different ways than, than I do. In fact, I have two of my kinfolk, both my brother as well as my sister. They and their families are members of a congregation, and they worship. In fact, they have a, a lady preacher. And not only that, they have a band that plays and I have heard them talk about it. It's a fantastic service. It really is. And those people are genuinely good. And I just want to use this opportunity while I have it to ask you this question. Isn't worship really an issue of the heart? Does it really just matter and depend on how the person feels? Isn't that all there is really to it? I really love my, my brother and sister and I want everything to be okay with them. And it didn't worship really just ultimately how you feel. And now I'd like to just sit down, Jesus, and listen to your extended discussion of this point. This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain do they worship me, 
teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Next question. As we arrive at question 13, we're in position again to feel almost a hush in some sense come over the audience. As they hear the rather directed answers that Jesus gives to these questions that make some considered to be controversial. Question number 13 brings us to this one. A gentleman rises. He sits about halfway down on the left. And as he does so, he, with a rather gruffness in his voice, he says, I know that one of the things that is often presented and spoken of in the Bible is a place called hell. Now, Jesus, I think we'd all agree, every one of us here, and that includes, I'm assuming you yourself, you know that the great mercy and love of you and your Heavenly Father, they are truly exquisite. And in that love, you even, in fact, yourself died on the cross, right? You shed your blood that people might be saved in this place called hell. I'm assuming that if, if that exists at all, maybe it's reserved for people like Hitler or abject murderers. Maybe it's reserved for those who molest little children or something like that. So first, I'd like to ask a couple of questions. First, is there a place called hell? And then, is it really like the Bible describes? This has just puzzled me for years, and I'm just so honored that if you would consider the question. The gentleman then proceeds to sit back down, and Jesus says, Behold, the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched the place prepared for the devil and his angels. Next question. We arrive at question number 14. A question in which another lady, this time she also with a degree of excitement says, Jesus, my heart is filled with thrill over hearing you answer these questions and the graciousness you have shown in being present at an occasion like this. I know you're a busy man. I know you have other things you could have been doing and yet you have chosen to answer our questions. I'd like to ask one. I've heard you answer these others and I must say two of those other questions prompted me to ask one. I came today really not intending to do anything but listen. But I noticed the way you answered that fourth question, and also the way you answered the most recent one. I'd like to ask one. You see, it appears that you are a very great master, and you're a very loving master, and you demand a lot of those that follow you. What's, for, what's involved in following you? I'd like to hear what you have to say. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Perhaps in the character of your imagination, we've just played out a question and answer session with Jesus. Maybe there are other questions you can think of. Aren't you amazed at how direct the Lord's answers were? Aren't you fascinated? He didn't take 30 minutes to elaborate. The Word of God does have the answers to the questions you and I have. May we be inquisitive enough 
devoted enough, dedicated enough to look for those answers and to use them to change our life as necessary. And that's what repentance is. Every one of those answers that you and I basically noticed demanded some change in thought and some change in the behavior of those who asked them. Perhaps that's true of you and me today. Is everything well with you? If you had the opportunity to ask Jesus a question, would His answer perhaps bring you astonishment and me as well as it forced me to rethink something I had always considered that apparently was true of many of these? As we come near the close of this lesson today, let's do it with this closing slide. A question and answer session with Jesus. You know, there is coming a moment on the day of judgment when there will be no need for a question and answer session. All the cards, if you please, will have been set forward and all the truths been made known. Life will have been lived and no longer can there be changes. All that we left is an understanding of what the consequences of that life will have been. A final verdict of either salvation and redemption and wonderful bliss in heaven or a final verdict of eternal separation from God. Now's the time to make all those choices so that we can hear the sweet answer then. If there would be anybody in this audience, maybe these questions or others have rested upon your heart and mind, May I suggest that use the Word of God. Don't wait until the day of judgment to hear the final verdict then because it's too late. Now is the day of salvation. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2. And if there be anybody in this audience, maybe you've never become a Christian, why not take care of that today? If you know that Jesus died for you and you know what the plan of salvation is, then why don't you come forward? Let us discuss with you a moment and we'd be honored to assist in your obedience to the gospel of Jesus Christ. If though there might be someone in the audience who has lived at one time faithfully, but maybe questions such as these or others have begun to cloud your judgment, and you've begun to live in ways that quite frankly are not consistent with biblical truth, you need to change. It's not the Word of God that will ever change. It's you and I that must change to fit it. And if you need to do that today in a public statement of repentance and confession, we'd be delighted to support and encourage you in that and pray to God for you. If we could be of help to anybody today, why don't you come while together we stand and while we sing.